This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. You are listening to On The Daily. The Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 30th, 2017 edition of On the Daily. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK. Joining me tonight is none other than Nick Giffen, the DFS extraordinaire himself. You can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. Nick, how are things? And, you know, following those sweats that you had in the FFPC and DFS last week, uh, did you walk away kind of a, a in a nice spot? Yeah, well, I did in the FFPC. I've, I'm uh, in the championship round of both of my FFPC leagues. So uh, for those who don't know the format, there are 120 12-team leagues. And... Um, the winner of the regular season. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Season goes on to the Grand Championship and the highest points finisher that also didn't win the league goes on to the Grand Championship. But then also four teams from each of those 12 team leagues make the league finals. Uh, so it would be those two that made the grand championship plus two other teams based off of highest record and highest points of the remaining teams. So um, I got one team straight through to the grand championship round with the second most points in the, the league. And the, the person had the most points also had the best record. Uh, and then my other team made the the top four and I won both of my first round games this past weekend. So that was pretty exciting. I had a big sweat there at the end with uh if uh, Phil Dawson did not make that kick, that game was going to go into overtime between Jacksonville and Arizona. And I was up by like seven points, but he still had Larry Fitzgerald and Leonard Fournette. So if either of those guys had produced a touchdown or, or just multiple yards in that overtime period, it really could have been a nail biter. But uh, Phil, Phil Dawson saved the day. Um, and fortunately, while I was watching that, uh, I was I was doing great in DFS, and uh, I was up something like ten or twelve thousand dollars, and Ooh. even at some points, I was up more than twenty thousand dollars. And that's because I I went very very overweight on Julio Jones and Rob Gronkowski. I think I had like seventy five percent Jones in the Millie Maker, and I think I had him in like eighty percent in high stakes. Uh, I had 67% Gronk or something like that in the Millie Maker as well. And I even had uh, like 15 or 16% Robbie Anderson. It was 15 of 90 lineups, I think, which is exactly uh, one out of every six lineups. So 16% you know, percent 
something like that. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he was only 4% owned in the Millie Maker. Uh, unfortunately, I had a lot of Kareem Hunt, and that really prevented me from having a, a monster, monster lineup. And what really killed me was when I was watching the, the Arizona Tampa, uh, the Arizona Jacksonville game, didn't realize Kareem, uh, Alvin Kamara, I should say, got another late touchdown. Well, I did realize, but uh, I didn't realize how much it affected me in DFS. It actually put me from the positive to slightly negative. So uh, very positive to slightly negative. That said, I still cashed 45 of my 90 millimaker lineups. So not a bad day just, you know, by playing a lot of uh, GPPs. I don't play cash games. So I'll, I'll take a I'll take a little bit of a loss, but um, wasn't a disastrous week by any means. It wasn't a great week. I thought it was, and then it turns out it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but but I got those FFPCs and, and you know, yeah. two more two more shots this week to win the championship. If I win the championship in each of those leagues, it's another $2,500 on top of uh, I've already made 5000 so far in the two FFPCs. And if I win them both, then both my teams will be in the grand championship. I know I already have one team in. Uh, so that team, it doesn't it, – it only matters that I win just to get that extra money. But the other team I really want to win because it will also get me a second shot in that grand championship. So that's what I'm really going for this weekend is focusing on those FFPCs and uh, maybe a little bit of a DFS sweat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if I if I remember correctly, that uh, the FFPC main event, that's something like 250K to first place overall? Quarter million up top, yes, yeah, sir. Man, that would be sweet. That would be sweet. So, glass half full, we got our wins in the FFPC. So, we're just going to go with that and push forward here to on to the next week in DFS. It's going to be a weird week, I think. I'm um, just kind of um, through my initial evaluation. But, uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Uh, but before we do, I want to remind everyone out there, you get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. All right, let's 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 start like we do every week, Nick, with our cash game plays. Some of the guys that we can expect you know, reliable performances from, but maybe we don't um, worry as much about ownership percentages. So we're going to begin with the wide receiver position. Now there are some really some big name guys in some really sweet spots that um, may even end up being tournament plays that are in kind of cash consideration, I'd say. And there's also a lot of, um, I should say, tricky plays that may end up um, hurting you or greatly helping you depending on how it works out. So yeah, who are some guys at the wide receiver position this week that you're evaluating for cash, Nick? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is an interesting week just because it's it's been a long time since the main slate. We've had 13 games on the main slate. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of bye weeks. We had the Thanksgiving week with three games on the Thursday. This time we got 13 games on the main slate, so there are a lot of plays. Um, and you mentioned the wide receiver There's position. There's some interesting value, I guess, that's opened up, but... Uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll end up talking about some of that. Uh, I think you and I have some interesting thoughts there, especially around the Oakland situation. But I'm starting kind of towards the top. I love paying up at wide receiver this week. I think there's multiple wide receivers in, in great situations, great price tags. Uh, the first one, of course, would be DeAndre Hopkins. He's at $7,300. Uh, he goes up against Tennessee, who... Tennessee, they just seem to struggle against wide receivers. Um, we saw what Antonio Brown did the other week against them. DeAndre Hopkins has four straight weeks of just awesome production. In, in his most recent week this week against Arizona, uh, was his, his air quote, worst week of, of production. Um, I should say not Arizona, but, um, 
Uh, I can't remember who they faced this past week, but he had an okay game, an okay game against Arizona. And uh, before that, he had three monster games. And so uh, I think he's just fine to play at a $7,300 price tag, especially with a matchup against Tennessee here. It doesn't scare me one bit, and he's still getting tons and tons of volume. So DeAndre Hopkins is a guy I really like in cash games this week. And, uh, you know, I know some people will say Brandon Cooks. Um, I think uh, he's – I'm more interested in GPP, but even then I would be kind of curious around his ownership percentage in GPP. If he's going to be highly owned, he's probably a guy I want to avoid in GPP, but I know some people uh, consider him in cash games as well, and I don't have a, a major problem with it. I just think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be, you know, for example, in that same price range, a little bit more consistent. So it was Baltimore in this past week. 22 and a half points against Baltimore. He put up 17-6 versus Arizona, 21-1 versus the Rams, 20.6 versus Indy, and 39.4 in Seattle in his past five games. So, I mean, he's got a huge floor, and he's got a very nice matchup against Tennessee for wide receivers there. So I like, instead of doing Keenan Allen or Julio or Brandon Cooks, uh, I like doing DeAndre Hopkins at 7,300 in cash. I also like Mike Evans in cash, and I think that might surprise some people just because uh, he's shown he does have a bit of a lower floor this year. But, um, you know, I think a lot of that is has just come from Tampa Bay being kind of inconsistent, Jameis Winston having some shoulder issues, etc. cetera, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick playing some tough matchups, but he's got a great matchup here. If you go to the road of his buy-low machine and you set the sliders to the last five weeks for – both the uh, games in position screen and games in defensive screen, and then uh, flip it over to the wide receiver position and look at week 13. The top two wide receiver matchups this week, um, based on the buy low machine, which is essentially uh, allowing more points than average to a, a player at the position, the top two matchups are Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Well, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. So this game has shootout potential, and it's a great matchup for Mike Evans. Green Bay does not scare me defensively versus the wide receiver, especially recently. So uh, I think given that, given his volume, I mean, he still gets plenty of targets. He had 12 in his most recent game, 10 before that, 6, 10, 10. So you're looking at double-digit targets in four of his last five games. Now he gets Jameis Winston back most likely. It's uh, it, I think he'll probably have you know Jameis Winston playing this weekend. He practiced fully on Wednesday. So I, I think this is a very good situation for, for Mike Evans in cash games. He's going to get a lot of volume. He's getting his best quarterback and a great matchup. I still like paying up at wide receiver. I think Michael Thomas is in a good situation here. Uh, Carolina is very good versus the run, and I think a lot of people will be on either Kamara or Ingram just because they've both been kind of crushing it lately. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, maybe it'll be as high as as they owned as they have been in the past, just because their price tags are insane and the matchup is pretty tough. But I still think some people will be on it. But I'd rather go to Mike Evans. Uh, I'm not scared by his his matchup. He's, uh, I guess, supposed to be shadowed by um, James Bradbury there, but we've seen Bradbury struggle with guys like Julio Jones before. So um, I'm totally fine with Michael Thomas, just another guy who's a, a volume play. And he's at his lowest price point uh, since... Um, since the game, I think it was against Seattle, but other than that, this year, he's at his lowest price point other than that game. So, uh, I definitely like Mike Thomas, Mike Evans also, like I said, in terms of, of not just his matchup and everything like that, but he's also at his second lowest price point this year. So, um, two very good plays here, three very good plays here at the more expensive side of the wide receiver position. If we scroll down a little bit further, um, you know, and go into some of the cheaper plays, I definitely like 
either of the uh, Denver players. It kind of we'll have to see how matchups shake out and things like that. But I don't mind Demarius Thomas. I don't mind Emmanuel Sanders, depending on how you want to construct your roster. They're only $400 apart. So maybe I like Demarius a little bit more for cash. He's been a little more consistent and Emmanuel Sanders more in like a GPP type uh, situation there. So a lot of good plays across the board. I mean, there's some other names we could talk about. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, Devin Funches could be an option, for example. I think Marquise Lee could be an option, for example. So just a lot of names, but those are some ones I've been looking at. Yeah, those are some of the names I was going to throw at you. It's kind of a little bit uh, more of a mid-range option, especially Marquise Lee in this matchup against the Colts. I I think with a ton of volume, it's – it's never nice having to rely on Blake Bortles as your quarterback when you, you're trying to play a wide receiver in cash, but it, I think the savings might justify, um, depending on how you're going to instruct your lineup, might justify it. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll kind of see messing around with lineups. I'm, I'm surprised that you're um, a little weary of Cooks. I think he is the the sole spot, along with DeAndre Hopkins, as the two guys to where it's I have full 100% confidence in putting him into my cash game lineup and just, you know, letting it go as um, the matchups are, are there and the volume with Hogan um, out has just been very consistent for Cooks. Uh, Gronk and Amendola have kind of been a little up and down, but Gronk having a nice week last week where as Cooks seems to be that very consistent option, um, which I, you know, I really like. So it's, a, it's really just kind of the, uh, it's the third guy. I think I'm trying to, I'm struggling to, uh, to really find. Um, so yeah, if, what about, um, one it's, I should say this is kind of a savings play. Um, and it's, I, I, I want to get your opinion on it, but one that struck out to me was Jermaine curse at 4,300. Now I know everyone's going to be on Robbie Anderson in this very nice matchup against the chiefs, but on DraftKings you can get Jermaine curse who has seen more targets than Robbie Anderson over the last five weeks. For two thousand less than Robbie Anderson at forty three hundred, what do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have any problem with Jermaine Curse at in in cash games, especially in GPPs. I like him if he's going to be uh, pretty low owned. But um, you know, I, I think it's just interesting because we're looking at guys like we talked about Marquise Lee in that uh, upper four thousand range or lower five thousand range, um, fifty two hundred. We've got Demarius at fifty three. We've got uh, Manny Sanders at forty nine hundred. So Jermaine Kirsch and, or Curse in cash is okay. I don't have any problem with it, but uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure he'll be needed in cash games this week. I guess if you're doing some kind of expensive running back, expensive running back thing, uh, very expensive running back thing, and, and maybe paying up at quarterback, you might need to go that route. But I'm not so sure you need to use him in cash. I'd feel much better paying up $600 even just for, uh, you know, for Emmanuel Sanders or even, um, you know, I, I don't even mind paying up, uh, the $400 for a guy like Deshaun Jackson, who I think, um, could, could see a lot of targets. I would, I would probably only do that play if I wasn't using Mike Evans in cash then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I just think, um, it's probably not a play I'm going to do. And then, uh, real quick, when you mentioned Cooks, uh, he has had pretty good volume lately, but he's only had double digit targets in one of these past four games. Whereas if you look at all three of the other guys I named, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and, uh, um, uh, Mike Evans, they've all had double digit targets in at least three of the past four, uh, whereas Cooks has only had one of the past four. So I just like the volume a little bit better for those other guys, and they're all cheaper than Brandon Cooks. Fair enough. Some, there's some great points you bring up. All right, let's move on to the next position. Nick, the quarterback position. Um, this 
I think this week in particular is probably um, the week to where I have the least confidence in really any of these quarterbacks, minus you know Tom Brady, your usual suspects kind of kind of thing. Um, there are some names out there that I, I do like in nice spots. However, none of them really give me that warm, fuzzy feeling of I'm going to put you in my lineup and you're really just going to give me uh, some nice value points. So, yeah, who are you looking at in uh, for your cash game lineups this week at the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Tom Brady is the only one I feel good about just in general. And even then, he's still priced high enough that uh, – I don't have a ton of confidence he'll be like a, in a winning GPP lineup or anything like that. I think he's totally fine for cash, but I'm the guy who always likes to pay down at quarterback in cash. I know a lot of us are, and uh, I still think that makes a lot of sense. Even in a week like this, um, just 13, 13 games, 26 quarterbacks on this main slate that we'll have to choose from. You don't. I, I think there will be some value down there in the cheaper ranges, and so that's probably where I'm going to look at this week, especially because, like I said, there's a lot of good wide receiver plays, a lot of good running back plays. So um, I think... Uh, I like I like paying down at quarterback this week, and that means I'm also not going to be using Philip Rivers in cash, who I think will be very chalky. Uh, I think it's a fine matchup versus Cleveland, but we do know Philip Rivers um, does have a bit of a, a relatively, I guess, low floor. He's you know he's had a bunch of games where he gets like 11, 14, 15, 16, um, things like that, 18, and he's now priced at his highest price point of the year at 7,000. So uh, I don't like that floor for 7,000 dollars. So um, I'm not going to use Philip Rivers in cash this week, even though I think a lot of people will. Instead, I like paying down. I think the obvious name that uh, both you and I talked about before we got on air is Josh McCown. Uh, he's been very good this year in general. I mean, he's got a nice floor. He's got kind of the Philip Rivers floor, but he's $1,500 cheaper. He's, you know, he's got his 13 and a half, his 16.9, 18, 14 and a half point games. Uh, but for $5,500, that's a lot more palatable than for $7,000. So, um, I don't mind paying down for Josh McCown. And other, another interesting thing with McCown is it seems like he's really matchup dependent in terms of, uh, when he throws his touchdowns. All of his multiple touchdown games have become against good, uh, or sorry, bad pass defenses. And, uh, this week he gets Kansas City, who, I guess they're not bad, but they are in the bottom half in terms of like DVOA. So um, I certainly don't mind the matchup for Josh McCown there. Right, he'll, I'll definitely consider him, him in cash. And I have no problem considering uh, Trevor Simeon in cash. I'm I'm okay paying down 700 even from McCown and trying to get Simeon for uh, 4900 there. For, sorry, 4800 going up against Miami. Um, Miami just uh, is is not very good again uh, against quarterbacks. So. Um, I don't, I don't love the play there. Another guy I don't feel like super confident about. I feel more confident about McCown and his situation there than I do about Simeon, but it's not a terrible matchup for Simeon. $4,800 allows you to fit in a lot of other good plays. And hey, if he just throws for two touchdowns against Miami, uh, you know, he threw again, two touchdowns against Oakland this past weekend. I think he can, uh, possibly do that against Miami as well. Um, and he gets a full game this time. So, um, I'm totally fine with Trevor Simeon in cash games as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, I think it's going to come down to McCown and, and Simeon for me, and really the only difference, I, I should say that, not the difference, the deciding factor is going to be what I can really fit in. And if I'm comfortable um, with the skill position players I have with McCown in, or if I need that extra bit of savings to get up to a guy, whether I you know opt to go high at running back or just go high-priced wide receivers, 
um, across the board, maybe in the flex on DraftKings as well. So, so yeah. Yeah, and then obviously one other tiebreaker would be like if there's weather involved, keep your eye on that. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, just to throw it out there, and I think I know what the answer is, Jameis Winston, uh, GPP play, not cash game. Yeah, I like using him in GPP. Um, I actually don't mind entertaining him in cash as well, $5,600. Um, he has probably a similar median to McCown. I think he just maybe has a little bit lower floor, but also a higher ceiling. So I don't hate using Winston in cash as well. Um, I think that's that's okay. I think, though, uh, I just feel a little safer on his, you know, with McCown than Winston's first game back, not knowing what to expect after a shoulder injury. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's move on. To the next position, Nick, the tight end position. Uh, one to where I, I see some plays. There's going to be some spots, um, one in particular in Oakland, to where I think it's going to look like a very obvious spot, but I don't know. I'm looking at a lot of these guys, and outside of one in particular, I just think there are a lot of traps here. So, yeah, who are you looking at at the tight end position this week in cash, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Jared Cook is going to be an obvious name just because of the situation there in Oakland with uh, Crabtree suspended, Amari Cooper unlikely to play. Um, So Jared Cook, I think, would become a target hog, and it's a great matchup versus the New York Giants. So uh, I think it's a a good situation. I'm just curious if they'll... uh, be able to score a lot right now they're they're projected for 25 and three quarters points Oakland as a team and if that's going to be the case then I would definitely like Jared Cook in cash um I think uh Evan Ingram's okay on the on the flip side there Oakland struggles versus basically everybody and uh the Giants don't really have anybody to throw to outside of you know Shepard and Ingram and it's still questionable whether where Shepard will even play so um, if that's the case, if Shepard's out, then I like Ingram and Cash as well. Um, but if not, I would prefer Jared Cook. It becomes a little more dicey as we kind of scroll down a little bit in the prices. I think Hunter Henry might be, um, you know, a bit okay, but kind of a trap as well, given that he's had multiple like zero target games. He's had a couple, uh, he had a two target game recently. So um, he scares me a little bit in cash games, but I really like his upside and I think he's okay in GPP. I just think his ownership percentage also could be pretty high. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of gross when you, I guess, scroll down a little bit further. I could see maybe, uh, guys in like CJ Fedora, it's in play for cash going up against Tennessee. If you don't, for example, use DeAndre Hopkins, but, uh, don't, don't love the tight end position this week. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's you know, probably going to be a lot of Jared Cook or I'm going to try to find somebody that I can, uh, deal with paying down. Maybe it's a, maybe it's, like I said, a guy like CJ Fedorowitz. I might consider, um, you know, if I don't play somebody like Mike Evans, maybe consider somebody like Cameron Brait or OJ Howard, depending on kind of what we hear from them in terms of their work splits. But, uh, it's not been pretty for them lately, you know, uh, Bright there had two targets in the most recent game, so it's it's really tough to play him in cash. Uh, O.J. Howard had four targets, so it's a little bit better there. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a gross week at the tight end position. Are you considering anybody outside of Jared Cook? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't mention him. I think my go-to guy this week um, is going to be Delaney Walker in that matchup against Houston, um, you know, with their secondary being kind of questionable at best. Um, and with Delaney Walker – it was a, a great point that you brought up. I don't know if you brought it up on the podcast, but you were spouting it on Twitter, you know, quite coherently. And I thought you it was a great call. Corey Davis is just not in a spot right now to really take on a, a hefty amount of volume and do well with it. 
And Mariota kind of just, you know, leaned on Delaney Walker with Rashard Matthews out. And Rashard Matthews out is going to likely be out this week as well. So he is a little bit more pricey um, at 5,600 than some of the, the cheaper options. So I guess um, lineup construction will have to be able to bear it to be able to do so. But uh, I think that's the guy I want a lot more than a guy like a, like a Jared Cook to where with Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper out um, in this struggling Raiders offense, they've they've been struggling with those two guys, and they're very clearly their two best offensive weapons, in my opinion. And now um, with that offense not doing well without their two best weapons, I think they could just regress to a point to where um, there may not just be anything there to work with in this Raiders offense. Yeah, it's interesting because Vegas still kind of likes them at, at, like I said, at 25.75. And so I guess if you want to, if you want to fade Vegas there, I have no problem with that. Um, And Delaney Walker is right there in that same range, both in terms of uh, their team total, which is what really I look at team total almost exclusively for the tight end position. And so Delaney Walker and Jared Cook separated by half a point in favor of Cook. Cook is $200 cheaper. Uh, Cook has a very good matchup against the New York Giants just for the tight end position. I mean, they always seem to allow touchdowns, but you're right. If they're not going to be able to score, it makes it a lot tougher to like Jared Cook. That said, um, Delaney Walker did only have five targets last week, even with Richard Matthews out. So um, obviously it was very efficient with them, four catches and a touchdown and uh, a good week there. But uh, it's just kind of a gross week at the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, ben, just to kind of throw them out there, Ben Watson, um, 3,100, fairly cheap in a nice matchup against Detroit. Pique your interest at all? Um, I don't hate it, I guess. Uh, I think he's one of those guys I would consider paying down for, of course, if I, if I paid down at tight end. Um, you know, he did just have 10 targets two weeks ago and then one last week. So he's got a <laughs> wide range of outcomes, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, I think tight end might be the position I feel last this week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the final position here, the running back position. Um, there's going to be some real smash plays, I think, um, with some some players getting injured. It's really opened up some huge volume opportunities in some really nice spots. Um, and I think it's really going to allow you to kind of uh, be able to pay up at the other skill positions, in particular the wide receivers. So, so yeah, who are some running backs this week? Um, whether it be on the low end or the high end in at in, in cash games this week that you uh, find to be liking quite a bit thus far in your research. Yeah, so I um, have been preferring to kind of pay down at running back this week just because if you listen, obviously, to the wide receiver cash game segment, I really like Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, etc. So I'm trying to find some value at running back. And I think with 26 game or teams playing on the main slate, there will be some running back value. Um, or at least you don't have to like pay all the way up at running back. I still think it's fine. And, uh, you know, if you do want to pay up at running back, I have no problem with that. Um, there are plenty of good names. I know, like I said, some people look at Kamara and Ingram. I would prefer Kamara of the two, even though he's more expensive, just because Carolina is so good against the run. I think they're going to need the pass game help there. And Kamara is better in that, in that aspect. But, uh, I, I like Todd Gurley if I'm going to pay like way up. Uh, I think he's just a guy that has, so much uh, ability. He's he's getting a lot of volume, and he's getting all the team targets. He's you know seven against the Saints here with seventeen rushing attempts. So just a massive amount of volume, and uh, they are favored against Arizona. So I like that as well. 
Um, I don't mind Leonard Fournette against Indianapolis. I think that's obviously a good situation there as well. But uh, he did struggle, of course, against Arizona this past weekend, as we talked about. So I uh, would like to see more volume. He just doesn't look... Um, I guess the best right now. Um, he looked a lot better before his injury, but uh, I don't mind that either. Um, LaShawn McCoy versus New England, I think is fine. You'll probably get use out of him in all facets of the game. And Melvin Gordon versus Cleveland. Um, I'd like to see that workload be higher, uh, but he did get, you know, 21 rush attempts and three targets, but I, I always worry about the Eckler stuff now. So I think there is some good and bad to all of these expensive guys, but uh, I like paying down a little bit. I like Jordan Howard this week. Um, San Francisco just hemorrhages yards and points to the running back position. If you look at the road of his by low machine, and again, do the last five weeks for offense and defense, flip over the running back position and look at week 13, Chicago has by far the best running back matchup against San Francisco this week. The next best would be Jacksonville and Fournette there. So if you pay up, maybe you want to go in recent uh, weeks form, then it would be Leonard Fournette versus Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been struggling versus the run lately. So uh, I think um, Jordan Howard's a guy I really like in cash games. And then I actually like the guy on the other side of the ball there uh, in the same game, and that's Carlos Hyde. The dude is 5,900, and he's just seeing monstrous amounts of targets. If you go back and look at his game log, 13 targets, then 3, then 11 targets, then 9 targets, then 8 targets. I mean, he's basically getting wide receiver 1, you know, low-end wide receiver 1 targets and he's getting at least 12 carries, up to 16 carries per game. He's only $5,900. So if you could find pay dirt versus Chicago, which I think is very possible, and see that kind of volume, I love him in cash games. So I like playing both of the running backs uh, in, this, in this, and I have no problem doing that. Most weeks I don't uh, love playing running backs on both sides of the ball, but uh, I have no problem there. And then I think, obviously, $4,900, Kenyon Drake, uh, he should be getting the, the heavy workload there in Miami with Damian Williams out. And Denver actually in recent weeks has struggled a bit more versus the run. So uh, I think um, it's not as bad of a matchup as it looks like. If you just go back and look at recent weeks, then the matchup doesn't uh, look as bad as it did um, earlier on in the season. So I think Kenyon Drake, perfectly fine in cash games as well. Um, I think there's a lot of names, so you might have one or two others, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the Jordan Howard call. I think that might be one that uh, possibly goes overlooked in, in – you know, in favor of some of the other value plays. Um, if I'm not mistaken, did you not mention Jamal Williams or did I? Did I, I did not remember that. Jamal Williams. That's one I was. I thought was going to be the absolute smash at 4,700, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm um, in a game last week to where he did quite well against a much tougher defense, in my opinion, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think that's one to where if I had to choose between him and Kenyon Drake, I think I'd be much more. I think I'd be more comfortable. With Jamal Williams, as um, well, he doesn't have the chops in the uh, the passing game, um, quite limited in that facet. They were still using him, um, and it, it just he he possesses the uh, a potential role to where he could see a lot of volume. To where I'm not so sure Kenyon Drake will necessarily see that, um, even though I may backtrack on that because I don't think there's another. Is there even another Dolphins running back on the roster right now? <laughs> <laughs> there are, but uh, I mean, I think they're in a mode where they need to evaluate what they can get out of Kenyon Drake. They, yeah. you know, he's still a young player. They've only had him for I think two years now, and they need to know what kind of a player is Kenyon Drake. Is he is he somebody that we can continue to use as a piece? Uh, could he potentially be a workhorse, or or maybe could we trade him if he does well enough, and we still don't think he's actually that good? So I think they're in evaluation mode with Kenyon Drake, and I think he could see a full workload, but. Uh, 
You're right. I was saving saving the Jamal Williams play for you there because um, I think he's I he's a fine play, and I don't want to take all the plays there. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and, and you actually you mentioned a little bit limited in the past game, but he still has had I think it's 11 targets in the past two games there, where he's kind of been the the go to guy. So uh, no no problem with five targets and 20 rush attempts. Yeah, perfect. And just one more name to throw out there, uh, Dion Lewis. Um, he has been fairly consistent in terms uh, over the last four weeks. Um, but Burkhead kind of reemerged last week to take the goal line work um, and the passing down work. Um, now, this is just a sweet matchup against the Buffalo Bills. He has been consistent up to this point. Um, are you willing to take a chance on him or maybe even Burkhead? GPPs, man. Those are GPP plays. GPPs. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next segment of the show, the contrarian corner. There are going to be a lot of contrarian plays, in my opinion, this week. Not only are just going to be a, a more numerous amount of them because we are um, playing 13 games this week in the main slate, but yeah, there are just a lot of weird spots, whether it be from people being suspended, um, injured. A lot of volume has opened up for some um, some guys we really haven't been talking about much this season, so. So yeah, who are some of your contrarian plays really at any position to where you're really just looking to leverage and um, maybe pivot off of um, some of the plays to vault yourself up the GPP leaderboards this week? Yeah, well, you just named the one I was going to start off with. That was Deion Lewis. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I think he's going to be under 10% owned, so he's contrarian for me. Um, I think... Uh, you know, I think Brandon Cooks, like you mentioned in the cash game segment, a lot of people will be on him this week. Uh, I think Rex Burkhead, who had that two touchdown game, could pull in some ownership percentage. So I think Deion Lewis is a great leverage play against a Buffalo team that uh, has been struggling in recent weeks against the run. So I like Deion Lewis for sure in GPPs. Uh, another one I like, and I think this is a one of my, maybe my favorite GPP play of this week. And if, if that's going to be, so if you like Josh McCown and, uh, you know, you're on that New York Jets and, and you even talked about Jermaine Curse and we've talked about Robbie Anderson. Well, if they actually do well, then KC is going to have to try to keep up. And so I want Tyreek Hill versus the New York Jets. Uh, New York Jets just give up so many touchdowns through the air. So give me Tyree Kill. He'll burn them deep at some point. Um, I also think that makes Travis Kelsey a good play in GPPs, um, especially after he came off kind of a dud week. And I, that also means I think Alex Smith is an interesting GPP play. And I think he'll have low ownership percentage because the Chiefs have been crap lately. Uh, so I, I want a team that, uh, you know, still has a lot of upside potential. And we've seen Alex Smith have upside this year. I mean, he has a 27, a 29, a 28 point game. And now he's getting priced down at 5,900 compared to where he's been in recent weeks. The matchup isn't terrible. New York Jets allows basically all of their uh, defensive points. <laughs> Not all, but it seems like all of their defensive points through the air. So I don't mind playing a little bit of the pass game here. But I think Tyreek Hill is my favorite of these three Chiefs plays. Um, I definitely want... Uh, I want exposure to this Chiefs offense. If we're going to like the Jets, if we're going to like Josh McCown, he's going to be a play, then I want some of that. Um, finally, I think Corey Coleman, interesting play there for Cleveland. Um, I know Sam, or, uh, the LA Chargers present a tough matchup, but, um, you know, I mean, Cleveland has to do something. They have to, they have to move the ball somehow. And I think people will maybe gravitate towards Isaiah Crowell. I don't think Isaiah Crowell is that good. Uh, he's been pretty, 
pretty bad this year. And uh, I think he'll draw a lot higher ownership percentage than we'd like. So either maybe just fading Cleveland completely. But if you don't fade them completely, I kind of like Corey Coleman. Uh, not not worried about Josh Gordon. I think he'll see uh, you know some snaps, but I don't think he'll play the whole game or anything like that. I think Corey Coleman is the go-to guy here in this offense for, for Cleveland now that he's back and he's healthy. Um, and, you know, he didn't actually have a bad game this past weekend. He, he did have eight targets, only three catches, but uh, they did go for 64 yards. So he's getting them in chunks. And I like chunks for a guy, even in a bad matchup. So, um, you know, again, if you're if you're one of those people who thinks Philip Rivers will have a good game. Uh, and I right now, at least if you go to like Fantasy Labs is projected for 13 to 16 percent ownership, Philip Rivers. Uh, well, then maybe you want to run it back with a piece in the Cincinnati in the uh, Cleveland side here. So uh, I think I think that's a fine play to to play Corey Coleman. I don't think he'll be very popular at all. Yeah, I really love that. And you might even get some of the people who are just going to be so hyped for the return of Josh Gordon going after Gordon, kind of ignoring Coleman and allowing to just kind of get him at even a better value with the lower ownership percentage. So I, yeah, I love that. I, I love that play. One um, I thought was. Pretty interesting. I want to get your um, your take on this, Jared Goff. Now he's a little higher about you know higher price quarterback this week at sixty seven hundred, but this Arizona secondary has been shown or has shown to be quite vulnerable, um, with the exception of whoever is lining up against Patrick Peterson. And Jared Goff in this Rams offense has really been able to spread it around quite well. Um, and not necessarily focusing on one particular guy. What do you think about this Rams passing game against a Cardinal secondary that has been shown to be vulnerable at certain points this season? Yes, please. Yes, please. I love this call. I think this is a very fine contrarian play. Um, stack them with whoever's not going to be facing Patrick Peterson uh, and uh, you know count up the points. So I love this play. I think Arizona you can definitely throw on. They've they've shown multiple times this year that you can you can definitely throw on them. So I certainly like Jared Goff against Arizona uh, and stacking him with. I guess it'll probably be Cooper Cup who's in the slot there who gets to avoid Patrick Peterson. So um, I think that's a, a very fine play and uh, I'm I'm on board with that. I think people will be on Gurley. I do think people will be on Cup, so I don't think Cup super contrarian, but stacking him with Goff, I think, will be the contrarian play. Yeah, yeah. And really just to kind of take this in a different direction, um, I think it's going to be contrarian to fade the Raiders this week, considering they're going up against you know the New York Giants. Janoris Jenkins has just been ruled out for the season. We've known this Giants team to be quite vulnerable, and they're really just kind of a dumpster fire. And I think a lot of people are going to be trying to find where the volume is going to be distributed with Crabtree suspended and and Amari Cooper with his, I think he has an ankle injury and a concussion he's dealing with. So he's likely to be out as well. Um, How are you with just fading this Raiders team and really maybe even considering like, I don't know if I'd go as far as like a Giants defense play, but yeah, really just avoiding it at all costs. I, I'm fading Oakland, so I'm right there with you. And uh, I, I just look at it. I'm like, do I really want to play Seth Roberts? I know he's only 3,700. I know these guys are out, but no, I, just, I really don't want to play him. Do I really want to play Cordero Patterson? No, I don't really want to play him. So, um, yeah, I'm totally fine with fading Oakland. And if you're going to do that, I have no problem going full leverage and just playing the New York Giants defense. I think that's fine. Um, I, I have no problem with that. And defense is such a variable position that it, it works for me. And uh, Carr, 
you know, he's, he's okay. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Certainly he's, he's, I guess at least like, you know, a league average quarterback, maybe even on the upper side of that. So, um, you know, he's pretty good, but he does throw his interceptions. He has three games this year with multiple interceptions. So, um, I don't mind the Giants defense play as well. And I actually have one more contrarian play that I forgot to, uh, talk about. And, this is a guy who, I mean, he was a wide receiver one, a first round pick this year in fantasy drafts in terms of ADP, and he is now priced at $4,400. And that guy, do you know who it is? Jordy Nelson. That's right, Jordy Nelson. Jordy so uh, again, a good matchup with Tampa Bay, and uh, I know he's done basically nothing since Brett Favre left, but I mean, you know, come on, Devontae Adams is priced more than him, and maybe for whatever reason, you know, Hunley has a better rapport with Devontae Adams, but... Jordy Nelson is still Jordy Nelson. I know he's getting a little older, but he was still doing pretty damn well at the beginning of the year. I mean, uh, you know, 20.9 points, 23.2, and 23.5 in his th- first three games this year. Uh, so I have no problem playing Jordy Nelson in this Tampa Bay, Green Bay stack type of game where you have the two best wide receiver matchups on the, the slate and they're going against each other in what I think has sneaky shootout potential. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's It was just kind of fortunate last week with a couple broken plays that Devontae Adams, if if you did play him, he just was kind of the beneficiary of that. It could very easily be Jordy Nelson um, as he, that was kind of his role with when Aaron Rodgers in the offense. So, so yeah, I, I love that play as well. Yeah. But, and you're not hoping for a 25 point game from him, but if you get yeah. 18 points at $4,400, you're totally happy. Oh yeah. And, and probably extremely low ownership percentage if i if i had to guess below five percent exactly exactly i would think below eight percent for sure and probably below five yeah great stuff nick let's move on to our next segment of the show but before we do we have a message from our friends over at draft fantasy football fans listen up there's no better time than now than to try out the new draft app draft it's one week fantasy football with no management just set it and forget it when you're done drafting That's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of those last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can hop in one right now and begin playing for cold, hard cash at any price level of your choosing. They start at just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. No salary caps. Playing a real-life snake draft just like you do with your friends in your season-long leagues. And come join us at Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or check them out on playdraft.com, whichever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You just got to use our promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play in a real money game for free by just using our promo code RVRADIO. Search draft in the App Store, or go to playdraft.com and play for free with promo code RVRADIO. All right, Nick, on to the draft segment of the show here. Last week, I was the beneficiary of the monstrous Julio Jones game. Um, really just... Yeah, there's no to, coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, really tough to overcome that one. So, yeah, record goes to 7-5. and five. I'm a, on a bit of a heater here. 5-5. Five and five. As, Well, okay. 5-5 five and five <laughs> for me versus you. <laughs> Anthony was the official sub for those other two games, and I happened to take those down as well. I'm I'm counted to seven and five. You can go with five and five. But we have more to play here. So yeah, let's jump into draft here. Looks like you are 
first to go, Nick. So why don't you lead us off here? Uh, all right. I guess I'm going to lead off with DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins. If that is the case, then I will go with Mike Evans. And then I'm going to follow it up with Brandon Cooks. thought you might go with Brandon Cooks. Um, well, I, I guess uh, this is an interesting spot here because I don't need to take wide receivers, so I can take my time to think about that uh, because you're out of, out of wide receiver picks. So I am going to head over to the running back side of the, the thing here, and I'm going to go with Todd Gurley. And I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy. Okay, all right. So you have both your running backs. I have both my wide receivers. So naturally, I'm going to take a quarterback here. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Shocked. Shocked. (laughs) And for my next um, pick here... At running back, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna stack it up here. I'm gonna stack this game against Buffalo. I'm gonna go Deion Lewis. Ooh, so Deion Lewis, Tom Brady, and Brandon Cooks. Yes, very yes. interesting. We're going very, full out Patriots onslaught here. Very interesting. So uh, I guess I all I have left is a, a receiver and a quarterback. So. Which receiver am I going to take? You took my Mike Evans one, uh, which is the one I wanted. So I think I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Uh, It was a choice between Julio, uh, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas for me. I think I'm going to go with Michael Thomas just because uh, I think Julio draws a a tougher matchup versus Xavier Rhodes. And, um, you know, I think Keenan Allen isn't necessarily going to be as heavily needed against Cleveland. I still think he'll be very good. Uh, but I think Michael Thomas will be the go-to guy here in this game for New Orleans, given how Carolina is very good versus the run, and his shadow matchup versus Bradbury doesn't scare me at all. And so with that said, I am down to a quarterback, and I am going to take the guy that you uh, you mentioned for a contrarian play, and that's Jared Goff. I'm not going to do Phillip Rivers. I'm going to do Jared Goff, and uh, that that's going up against Arizona. So I have both Gurley and Goff, and, and hopefully one of those guys, if not both, We'll have a big day for me in a little bit of a mini stack there as well. All right. So I got to grab my last running back here. I'm going to round it out with Leonard Fournette. All right. And let's move on to our next segment of the show, the defensive section. So whether it be cash, whether it be GPP, we've already thrown out a couple names that we're interested in but uh yeah who do you like at the defensive position this week nick yeah i mean 26 defenses to choose from so don't go you don't have to go crazy on any one defense just because as we know this is the most variable position but uh i do think the chargers will be very popular going up against cleveland um i think it makes a lot of sense the Chargers have been pretty good this year, and the Cleveland Browns have been terrible this year. So easily the best matchup on the board for me. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think some people will have Jacksonville, but I don't like paying $4,500 for a defense. I, I just think there's no need to. Um, so I don't mind dropping down a little bit in price and maybe paying for, <clears throat> excuse me, for Tennessee versus Houston. I mean, if they're going to face Tom Savage, I, I like playing basically any defense versus Tom Savage. Uh, we saw earlier this year, I think it was Tennessee actually who, who did pretty well against Tom Savage. 
Um, I can't remember. No, that was uh, that was a different game. So, anyway, e- either way, I like uh, I like anybody who faces Tom Savage. Um, give me any defense versus him. So, uh, I think that's a nice pay down defense. I talked about the Chargers. If I'm paying up, and then I think a good, I guess, contrarian defense would be. Um, you know, this Detroit defense, they were very good earlier in the year. Now they get Baltimore and Joe Flacco, who's just struggled all year, has not had a single big game. And uh, Detroit coming off that really poor Thanksgiving showing versus Minneapolis. I think that'll keep their ownership percentage down. But uh, Joe Flacco does not scare me. I mean, right now, this this quarterback is not doing anything. He has zero games over 300 yards, none even over 270 yards passing this year. So, uh, I think, I think that's just a, a nice situation there. They, they have trouble moving the ball. He has four multiple interception games and he's only not thrown an interception in three of the games this year. So I like, I like playing, uh, Detroit against Joe Flacco there as my contrarian defense. Interesting. Interesting. I did, I hadn't considered Detroit, but I, I think I like that. That's, uh, that's one I'm definitely going to consider. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, I think there's, it's very clear, even though they're going to be high priced. Jacksonville and the Chargers are just going to be so highly owned. Um, so if you're looking for a, a defense that um, is it, going to be in a nice spot and you know in a, at a lot lower ownership percentage range, I really like on the other side of this game the Baltimore Ravens at 3100. So we were very you know high on them early on in the season. They had some injuries. They started to slow down, but they have really picked it up as of late. Um, over the last three games, they scored 20 or more points in three out of their last five. Um, they're coming up against a, a Lions team that is quite good um, at scoring points. You can't take that away from them. That, but Stafford has been known to throw interceptions, and really just this team is completely reliant on their defense to do everything for them. They're at home, so I think that's one I'm going to be leaning on um, if I don't opt to go – with um, Jacksonville or LA in that in that lineup in particular, and also another one, the LA Rams at thirty six hundred taking on the Arizona Cardinals. They are on the road, but this is a Blaine Gabbert led team, um, which in all likelihood they're going to need to throw to try to keep up with that Rams offense, and that could possibly lead to just for some great spots uh, for possible turnovers for that stingy Rams defense. Yeah, I love the Rams defense this week. Another one I didn't I didn't mention, and actually I almost like them more than the Chargers, given the four hundred dollar discount. So uh, and maybe even a slight ownership discount to the Chargers. So I actually think I prefer the Rams to the Chargers now that we uh, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to our last segment of the show, Nick. The stacks and the correlations plays segment of the show. So what are some teams that? You know, in some spots this week that you're looking to possibly stack up, whether it be a you know a team stack, maybe even a game stack, a game that you project to go way above the projected total, as there really aren't a lot of high total games this week. Yeah, who are you looking at to, in terms of stacks and correlations plays this week? Yeah, well, I, I did talk about the Kansas City one earlier. I, I like Alex Smith to, to Tyreek Hill. Excuse me, I like uh, Alex Smith to Travis Kelsey. You could double stack that. Um, Kareem Hunt is at a very tasty price right now. I know the matchup isn't the best, but he cer- he certainly could fit into this as well if they decide to go back to him as they should, given how good he is. Uh, you know, 4.8 yards per carry this year. I don't see why they're not using him more. But uh, I, I think all, all of those – I love stacking Kansas City. Uh, we mentioned Curse. We mentioned Robbie Anderson. I think any anybody in that game really is – 
viable. Um, another one that I like is, of course, Jared Goff to Cooper Cup. Uh, I also think you can double stack that with Todd Gurley. You could even possibly stack this with the Rams defense as well, just because obviously if the defense gets a bunch of turnovers and they don't convert them into touchdowns, at least they'll have a lot of good field position. Maybe at least some early passing touchdowns for Goff and uh, rushing touchdowns later for Gurley. Uh, I think I think the Rams definitely could go over their team total in this game. Um, if you don't like stacking the Rams defense with this uh, with you know with this I guess passing stack, um, then I think you probably want to run it back with an Arizona player. Larry Fitzgerald is only six thousand um, dollars, and so I think he's obviously the the go to receiver on the team there. He gets uh, probably the toughest matchup though, so um, you know in the slot there. So I think. He's okay. I think uh, alternatively, you could do John Brown. So those would be the two guys I would look to stack uh, or to run it back with. But I really don't think you have to. I more prefer actually being a little you know, contrarian and, and stacking the defense with, the, uh, like I said, with Goff, Cup, and Todd Gurley. So a couple stacks like there. And then, of course, I really like this Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Um, you can stack both the Tampa Bay's main receivers. You could throw in an OJ Howard if you want to be contrarian. Um, obviously we mentioned Green Bay. They have great matchups. I would probably just pick one piece because I don't think Green Bay is necessarily going to go off in the pass game. Um, you could either pick Jordy Nelson. You could pick Devontae Adams. Sure, you could pick Randall Cobb. He's got a good matchup there in the slot as well. And you could also pick Jamal Williams. So I think picking one of those pieces is fine. I probably wouldn't double, uh, like game stack this like completely. I think I would, I would stack the Tampa Bay side and then run it back with a piece on Green Bay. I have no problem with either of those pieces on Green Bay, the three receiving options plus the running back there. So stack the Tampa Bay side, run it back with a Green Bay piece. And that's kind of where I'm looking at this week. Yeah, I love that. That was going to be the one I, I really recommend. You sold me on that, uh, especially on the Tampa Bay side against Green Bay. And because I think that has the possibility of turning into a little bit of a shootout as you know, Brett Hundley has not been great this season, but he, you know, I think last week he's shown the capability to at least put up a decent performance, and now he gets a a much more tastier matchup in this Tampa Bay secondary. I'm mean, one one more. I just want to throw out there. I think might go overlooked in some spots. Is you know, this is kind of like a representative of the last couple weeks. Not the last, not representative. Excuse me, but an example of like a spot we had a couple weeks ago with the Rams and the New Orleans Saints that turned out to be a fairly high-scoring game. Um, The Minnesota Vikings-Atlanta Falcons matchup this week is one that I think, um, well, both defenses, um, at least the Vikings have been playing very well, and Atlanta has been playing far better than um, early on in the season. Um, I think this could turn into a sneaky shootout with two quality teams here. Atlanta's offense is really kind of – Figured at least a few things out since uh, you know their midseason struggles, and this Minnesota Vikings offense has really just been firing on all cylinders, um, pretty much throughout the season. Um, so in this game, to where you know both passing offenses can really get it going, um, yeah, I think going after these spots could really pay dividends if it does turn into a high-scoring affair. There you go. I like that call. All right. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it this week for the. Uh, this episode of On Daily. So, everyone, please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to go get that 30% discount for subscribing to Road of His through the Road of His Radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. And, yeah, that's it. So, for Nick Geffen, who you can find on Twitter, at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger, at HeathK on Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Wow, 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 wow.
Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.